You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is A Day of New Beginnings. A Day of New Beginnings. I'm kind of in this weird state of my life right now where I'm on the verge of a new season in my life. We are minutes, seconds, hours away from having a new baby in our life that is going to change my life. It's going to change our family dynamic. We go from one child to two kids. I don't know how to juggle that. Uh, that's, that's kind of scary. Uh, we sometimes lose one, so, you know, um, that's fun. <laughs> so yesterday I was working on my sermon, and we had some football playing in the house, and Maddie wasn't there, and I didn't even tell her this story, so I'm not going to look at her. And uh, Noah was was running around the house, and um, and he was going back and forth outside riding his bike and playing with sidewalk chalk, and um, and the house was quiet, and I knew that he was outside, so I said, well, let me go outside and check on him, being a responsible father, you know? So I go outside, and uh, he's not in the front yard, okay? So I go around the side where the, the sidewalk is, and I see his bike, and I see the sidewalk chalk, but I don't see Noah. I said, huh, that's 0 for 2. Um, so I kind of gave a little, Noah, but I didn't say it too loud because somehow I thought Maddie would hear me and instantly call me and judge me, um, and so I, I didn't see him. So I went back inside the house, and I shut the door and just got real quiet, and I still didn't hear anything, and I thought, well, this can't be good. And so I started going through the house. I said, Noah, where are you at? And then I hear in the very back, Dad, I'm back here, and so I go in there, and he's like, knee-deep in his trains and his toys and his Legos, and he's just so focused. I said, oh, you're in the house. I said, are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm fine. What are you doing? I said, okay, you're good, whatever. Back to, and so, needless to say, I'm kind of worried about the new beginning that we're about to step into, and it, but it's a new season that I'm stepping into in my life, in our family's lives, this church's life, and and so it's just this, this thing that's happening, that, that I'm on the verge of a new beginning, that, that it's, it's been good with where I'm at, but I'm on the verge of something new happening. And over the week, I, I had this scripture, this story come to mind with a couple Bible stories that we're going to visit today to help you walk into a new beginning in your life, to walk into a new beginning in your life, that no matter what has happened when you walked into the doors, that hopefully I can bring some truth and some wisdom to you and some steps, some, some easy steps. I say they're easy to do, but it might be a journey that you're going to have to go on to see the completion of them. So the story we're going to talk about, and you might have heard this before, is 2 Kings chapter 7, going deep in the Old Testament today deep in there. 2 Kings chapter 7. We're going to jump straight into the story, and then I'm going to give you some background and and kind of explain it to you. So we're going to start in verse 3. 2 Kings 7 verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall die. As they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord has caused the army of the Syrians 
to hear the noises of chariots and the noises of horses and the noises of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. So, chances are, you're going through something right now in your life that is frustrating. We as humans in life, for the most part, we're either stepping into a trouble or situation, we're in the middle of a trouble or situation, or we're coming out of a trouble or situation. It's just, it says that it rains on the just and unjust, that, that bad things happen to good people. But we know who our Father is who can help us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God is on our side. But living in this world, bad things happen. But we can look at this story and probably sitting here today say, it's not as bad as these guys. Number one, these are, these are men who have a disease called leprosy, which is bad enough in itself. It causes your fingertips, your toes, your nose, your ears to fall off, and eventually you die from it. Now that's bad enough. That's a, that's a bad enough disease right there. I don't want that. I need my digits. But when somebody was leprous, they were excluded from the city back then. That's why they're on the outside of the gate. So not only do they have to deal with this disease, they also are shunned from their friends, their family, their culture. They're shunned from everything. They have to go on the outside. And when anybody comes near them, if they want to have a normal conversation, they have to start out with, I'm unclean. They had to yell from far away. That's not really a good conversation starter. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm unclean. Perfect. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll see you tomorrow. That's... So these four men have leprosy. They're shunned from their friends, their family. They can't work. They're just base, hanging out based on the generosity of somebody to bring them food. And they're also hanging out with other lepers. That's cool company. Nothing more encouraging than to deal with somebody who has the same disease and is either worse or getting worse than you. Well, my hand fell off today. How's yours? Well, it hadn't fallen off yet, but I guess it's going to... So they've got some real lively people with them. Now, as we jump in the middle of this story, if you go back and read 2 Kings chapter 6, it talks about how the king of Syria has besieged Samaria and they've caused a famine. If you read in 2 Kings chapter 6, it talks about how they're selling a donkey head for like 80 shekels. They're selling dove droppings to eat. Prices have been inflated. There's no food. And they're eating donkey head. After service, we're going to have a nice lunch for you. It's going to be donkey head stew. The side, dove droppings. If you keep reading 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a, a woman who comes and argues to the king and says, I met with a family and we were so hungry, we made a pact with each other that today we would eat my baby and tomorrow we would eat her baby. So we boiled our baby and ate it. And then when I went to her house today to eat, they said, oh no, and they hid their baby. That's a famine. 
This is a bad situation. There's an army that's about to attack their fuel for, for their life. And there's this fear inside of them as they see them on the other side of, are they coming today? Are they coming today? There's no food coming. We've got to eat. We've got to survive. We've got to do all these things. And in the middle of it, these four leprous men who aren't allowed anywhere, but they're struggling from this famine. And then, the beginning of 2 Kings chapter 7, Elisha the prophet makes this declaration and says, by this time tomorrow, there will be food. If you read it, it says that there basically, if you read the thing, he says there's going to be like eight gallons of flour sold for a shekel by this time tomorrow. There's this prophetic declaration that's spoken as people are eating their babies, as they're trying to sell their money, trying to sell to buy just dove droppings, as they see an army that's about to attack, as they see a king who's fearful. This is a bad situation. And these four lepers, in this moment, make a decision. We've suffered, we've suffered with leprosy. We're hungry. If we go in that city, there's no food in there. They're going to exclude us anyway. If we stay right here, we're going to die too. If we go over there to the Syrians, they'll probably kill us. But they might keep us alive and they might feed us. It's a new day for a new beginning. As these four leprous men step out in faith and they have death all around them, things that they didn't even cause, that the world just, they didn't ask to be leprous. They didn't ask to not have food. They didn't ask to be excluded from their church, from their religion, from their family, from their friends, from their job. They didn't ask for any of those things. It just happened to them. And they're, now they're stuck in the middle. And they said, if I go this way, I die. If I go this way, I die. If I go that way, I die. But maybe if I go this way, I might live. They said, well, that's good enough for me. And at twilight, they made the decision to step out in faith and said, we're just going to go and see what happens. And they go on the, the edge of the Syrian army. As they're sneaking up, trying to see, can you see anything? I don't know, for an army that big, it's pretty quiet. I hear some horses. I don't hear any weapons being sharpened. I don't hear any music being playing. I don't hear any men talking. Okay, well, did you take a wrong way? No, no, I know it's this way. Okay, let's just keep walking. And they get to that first tent, and they peek in. That's a turkey leg. I know a turkey leg when I see one, and that was a turkey leg. Was there anybody in there? I don't know, but I smell it. I'm just going to sneak in there. Okay, go, go, go. Hey, I'm in here. There's nobody else in here. What? I can't hear you. Oh, my mouth is full of turkey leg because I'm so hungry. And they come in there, and they pillage the first place. It says that they're carrying, if you keep reading the story, they're carrying gold and silver and food, and they're going and hiding all these things. And they realize as they go from tent to tent to tent that there's nobody here. And they stop themselves and they say, wait, 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 wait. It's not right for us to do this on our own when there's a city 
who is falling apart. We need to go and tell them what's going on. If you keep reading chapter 7, they go and run to the king, and they say, hey, you've got to come check it out. The Syrians are gone. And the prophetic word came true as the famine ceased, and they spoiled the army that God had defeated. All because these four leprous men made a decision that they were going to come out of whatever they were going through. So as we go through this, I want to tell you and teach you some practical things. How to start a day of new beginning. Where you're at right now in your life, coming out of a problem, probably in the middle of an issue, a problem in your life, possibly about to step into one, you can't affect the outside world. You can only affect yourself. The decisions that you make today are going to propel you to the steps that you take tomorrow. The things that I'm going to teach you right now will help you. Might not change the situation immediately. Chances are you're going to wake up tomorrow, you're going to roll over, and that same spouse is going to be there. The husband wife is going to be there. The kids are going to be there. The relationship that strained That person more than likely isn't going to call you tomorrow and say, hey, I forgive you. Do you forgive me? Let's be besties. You're going to check the bank account tomorrow, and it's probably going to have the same amount. You're going to wake up tomorrow, get in your car, drive to work, and that same boss is probably going to be there. The situations that you're walking through are more than likely not going to change from the outside. So like these four lepers, we've got to make a decision today that I'm going to change myself. Yes, there's death in all direction, but I see life in one direction. I'm going to choose that direction today. Today's my new beginning. Today I'm going to accept that God is on my side. Today I'm going to accept that God is going to show up, that God is going to be with me, that God's going to bring me peace. He's going to bring me salvation. He's going to bring me restitution. He's going to bring those things to me today. I can't change the rest of the world, but I can change what's going on in my life. So the first thing, How to start your day of new beginning is choose life. Really, the full thing is choose life or death. You've got to make a choice right now today that you're going to choose life. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, this is right before Moses dies, before he gives Joshua the keys and says, you take over, you're the one that's in charge now. He's telling the entire group of Israelites, he's speaking to them about the law and what to do. And look at his words. Chapter Deuteronomy 30, chapter 19. We're going to read 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now remember, Moses is talking about the old covenant here. The old covenant was established in you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. That's the basis. If you're ever trying to understand the Old Covenant, you read, you're blessed if you do this. If you don't do this, you're cursed. Or if you do do this, you're cursed. If you don't do this, you're blessed. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. Moses is explaining that to them, and he's explaining the Old Covenant to them, the rules and the laws of it. And he says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now here's Ab- I mean, here's Moses. I'm sorry if I said Abraham. Here's Moses. 
He's going to give you a little secret. What's he tell you to choose? He tells you to choose life. Just in case we're confused when we have life over here, death over here, blessing over here, cursing over here. Moses, being a good leader, says, hey, choose life, just in case. Just choose life. That's, that's the key. That's the answer. Not all of the above. The answer is A, life. That both you and your descendants may live. And then verse 20, this is something that we can live and use in our life right now. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Moses is encouraging the Israelites, just like the four lepers, they had four different options. Three of them were death. One of them was life. They said, we're going to choose life. We're going to choose life in this situation. Death is all around me. I didn't cause it. Somebody else did it. The world did it. Whatever happened, maybe you might have even caused the problem you're in. But today, choose life. We know this scripture, Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what brings death to us is sin. The wages of sin. If we take something simple, you know, we understand the Ten Commandments, one that says, thou shalt not kill. If you keep killing people, even the world system says, well, you got to die too. I don't know, is the death penalty here in South Carolina? No? Is it gone now? It's still here? Okay. I lived in Texas, and they had like an express lane there. They, they are a pro-death penalty in Texas. But we see the wages of sin is death. That the more a person sins and sins and sins, it, it doesn't bring life to them. The only thing it brings, the only paycheck you're going to get when you check into work of sin, the paycheck you get is death. There's no other way. That's why we try and encourage people, hey, don't, don't sin. As a church here, I encourage you, as your pastor here, don't sin. If you sin and you keep sinning, there's consequences to those things. But if you choose life and you choose Jesus, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Don't choose death, choose life. Let's see what choosing life looks like. John 10.10, which is Jesus speaking about himself. We know this scripture as well. The thief does not come but to kill, steal, and destroy. So the wages of sin brings death, but the devil also brings death. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy you. So you've got sin coming to bring death. You've got the world. You've got Satan and his goons coming to bring death. Okay, I don't receive either one of those, but Jesus says, I have come that you and me and anybody may have life and that you may have more abundantly. The beginning of John, John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, here's John talking about Jesus. In him was life. So when I choose life in the situation around me, I'm choosing Jesus. I'm leaning on Jesus to help me in this situation. I need a new beginning in my life of whatever's going on. 
can't change the outside world, but I can change myself, and I can internally say, I choose life. I choose Jesus in this situation. I don't choose death anymore. I'm not going back to those same sin routines, those same things that haven't helped me, that haven't guided me, that haven't brought me to the place that I need to be. So I need to make a new direction, a new beginning, a new thought process in my heart, my mind. I choose life, and I choose Him. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 5 of John chapter 1. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Could not overtake it. Could not understand it. So when I choose life, when I choose Jesus, then that light is the light inside of me. And anywhere I go, even if there's darkness, oh, you don't understand the power that I'm bringing. You don't understand the authority that I'm bringing because you don't understand who's on my side. It's a new beginning. It could be darkness all around you, but the light of men, which is Jesus Christ, is inside of you. And the people don't understand. They don't understand how you're going to win. They don't understand how you're going to come out on the other side. You're struggling right now, but they don't understand when you come out on the other side and say, but God, how did you, how did you overcome this? How did, how did you get healed? How did you get saved? How did you stop that? How did you get off of drugs? How did you do? I, it wasn't me. It was God. Because I chose life. That's the first step. To make a decision today, are you going to choose life or death? You're going to choose life or death. Moses tells us the answer. Choose life. Choose life today. Choose Jesus today to help you in that situation. Number two. Here's one that we hear over and over and over again. We got books written about it. Hopefully I can explain it to you in a short time. You got to renew your mind. You got to renew your mind. We've heard this scripture before. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. These lepers, they had to choose life, number one. But they also had to renew their mind. They had to understand that they, at the present time, they were conformed to that world. The world had told them, you have leprosy, you have to go out. You can't come in here. You got to go be by yourself. Maybe somebody will bring you some food. If not, you're going to die and stay away from us. You're unclean. They had to yell out unclean. They had to do everything. They had to conform to the standard of the world. And at one point in time, these four lepers said, I'm done conforming to the world. I'm done. I'm done. They had to renew their mind and say, we're going to do something different that we've never done before. We're going to go talk to the Syrians. And they had every right. Look at this. They could have been so offended. Look at this. That they could have not gone and told the entire town. Well, the king's rejected me. My family's rejected me. The church has rejected me. Everybody in that city has rejected me. We're going to eat. We're going to hide all the gold. We're going to keep it all to ourselves. We're going to burn the rest of it. Let them die just like they left us to die. They could have taken on that offense. They could have been mad. They could have been bitter. But they didn't conform to the world. They were 
transformed by the renewing. And they went back to that same city that rejected them and said, let me tell you about some good news. Let me tell you about some freedom. Let me tell you about the answer that you need to your problem. You know, come on, come on. Come with us. We want to show you. Renewing your mind. That word, to not be conformed, means to conform oneself to another pattern. To conform oneself to another's pattern. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What does transform mean? A renewal. Renovation. Complete change for the better. So when I renew my mind, it's a renovation, a complete change for the better. It's why we do what we do here at the church every Sunday. For six days out of the week, you are bombarded by the world as they teach and tell you how you should conform to the world. Social media is telling you how to conform to the world. The news is telling you. TV, entertainment, your family, the culture that you're in, the city that you're in, that people over and over and over again are telling you how you're supposed to be conformed to this world. It's why we do what we do. It's why we have worship every Sunday. It's to get you out of the conformity of this world. Because where else can you go? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. My chains are gone. I've been set free. When you go into that worship, whether you raise your hands or not, and you just look at Him, the things of this world go strangely dim, the song says, at the light of His glorious face. It's why we worship. It's why we have worship. People come up here singing, and it gets you out of the conformity of this world, and it helps transform and renew your mind. It's why we talk about giving and tithing and so much. For six days out of the week, you're told how to spend your money. You're told where you should spend your money, how you should spend your money. And I want to apologize on behalf of the church because people in the church have told you how to spend your money or give your money and they've lied to you and they've done wrong things and they've given you incorrect teaching and I'm sorry for that. That's why I just open the Bible and read the scriptures to you when it comes to giving. Just tell you not to conform to the world, but how to be transformed by the renewing of your mind when it comes to your finances and giving. It's why we do communion. We do communion once a month to bring you back to a place to remember what Jesus did on that cross for you. He took stripes on his back. His body was broken so that through that, your body could be made healed. His blood was poured out. This isn't a fairy tale. This is something that really happened, that he died, went into hell, took the keys and came roaring out of that grave, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The things that he did on that cross opened up a new covenant for you to walk in those things. It's to bring you out of the conformity of this world, to bring renovation, brand new things into your mind. 
It's why we preach. It's why we teach. It's why I share so many scriptures. Who cares what Jeremiah Land wants to get up here and say and talk about? I just want to tell you what the Bible says. Let me just get scriptures into you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God, which means you've got to hear the Word of God over and over and over and over with your physical ears. So I'm just going to tell you Scripture over and over and over and over again so it gets inside you. It just takes you away from... Out there, they're telling you, one, that God doesn't even exist. Out there, they're telling you that Satan's just as powerful as God. Out there, they're telling you that you need to be quiet as a Christian. Out there, they're saying he doesn't heal. Out there, they're saying he doesn't save. Out there, they're telling you all these things about your God that aren't true to what his word says. Tired of being conformed to the world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's the importance of prayer, reading the scriptures, being in church, giving, communion, worship, coming. That's the importance of it. Because you're bombarded over and over and over again for six days. And I've got you for an hour and some change. Try and help you. Choose. You can choose death if you want. I, I highly do not encourage it. First step to a new beginning in your life is choose life or death. Number two is renew your mind. Number three, walk in his mercy every day. Walk in his mercy Every day. Lamentations 3, 21 through 25. Lamentations 3, 21 through 25. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. This is what he's recalling. And because he's recalling this to his mind, he has hope in his life. This is what he's recalling. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I hope in Him. Verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seek Him. His mercies are new every morning. As your pastor, I'm telling you right now, you're going to wake up tomorrow and chances are the thing that you're dealing with, the thing that you're struggling with, the thing that's coming against you is probably going to be there Monday morning at 8 a.m. So, but, so how can I fix that? Choose life, renew your mind. Walk in his mercy every day because his mercies are new every morning. That word mercies right there means goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. That word new is a fresh batch, a fresh dose, a brand new thing of mercies. This is just me and my thinking. I don't have any Bible to stand on, but it's like I see the angels in heaven with a big pot just stirring. It's almost 24 hours. We got to make a new batch. They bring it to your bed every morning. A new batch of mercies. A fresh start. I know that's a frustrating situation that you're in. I'm sorry that you're going through it. But I want to help you get through it. I want to help you get on the other side that God is there on your side with a fresh batch of mercy, goodness, kindness, faithfulness ready for you as soon as you wake up so they can help you make it through the day. 
new batch of mercies. Walk in his mercies every day. We see these four lepers as they make this decision. They make this decision at twilight. We're going to go. As one day ends, they go into the night and the new day begins. They find their resources. They find the food. They find the gold. They find everything that they need because they took that step of faith. They said, God, I don't have any other options to go except to trust you. And there is God to catch us, help us, and bring the supply Bring the food, bring the mercies, bring the goodness, bring the faithfulness, bring what we need over in abundance. He doesn't bring just a cup of coffee of mercies. Well, make it through the day with that. We'll cook another batch in the morning. No, no, no. Walk in his mercy every day. Number four, I'm finishing with this. Do not give up. Do not give up. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up. That same issue's going to be there. That boss is going to be there. Relationship's going to be there. The bank account's going to be there. You've heard this great message. It's inspired you. It's encouraged you. And you're going to step into whatever is tomorrow. And you're going to say, well, nothing's changed. I'm going to do the same thing that I've been doing. You're going to try and stop. Today I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing this sin cycle. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop. I choose today. I'm going to stop. Chances are tomorrow you're probably going to do that same thing again. You're going to trip over yourself. And at that moment is where we have to decide to choose life and death again. Where we're going to be like Adam and Eve and go run from God and hide can't believe I did that again. Can't believe I did that, said that to my wife. Can't believe I said that to my kid. Can't believe I said that to my boss. Can't believe I can't provide. I can't, I can't, I can't. Are we going to go and hide like Adam and Eve? Or are we going to run to the Father? Where it says you can come boldly into his throne room to obtain grace and mercy. Look at Psalms 37, 23 through 24. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Look at verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. When it comes to new beginnings, when it comes to making a decision that I'm not going to let this affect me anymore, the thing is, the next day, something comes against us, and we fall right back into it. Well, Satan's just beating me. Satan's just attacking. No, no, no. It says even if we fall down, it says the Lord's there to hold us up with his hand. Come on, man. Come on, woman of God. Come on. I'm right here with you. I'm holding you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil because my rod and my staff, they're the ones that's guiding you and bringing you. They're bringing you out. Come on. Come on. Don't give up yet. I can't believe I sinned again. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Just keep walking. Just keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop the journey of the new beginning. Keep going. Keep going. They could have got to the edge of the camp, the four lepers, and said, well, there's horses and there's fire over there. And I thought I heard something. Oh, they, must, they, must, they must be real mad. Let's just go back and sit at our table outside the city gates and die. Watch our fingers and toes fall off. That's a fun game. 
They didn't give up. They went to the first tent, said, look what the Lord has done. They went to the second tent, look what the Lord has done. They went to the third tent, and they found what they needed. Now, that's an Old Testament story. There are stories in the New Testament that we can visit to remind us of these steps. Look at the story of the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal son makes a decision, a very, very wrong decision. Give me my money that I'm due. And he goes out and he spends all the money. Hangs out with the wrong people, does the wrong things. Does all these things. He himself, the wages of sin is death and he finds himself eating pig slop. Sitting with the pigs. All his friends are gone because he has no more money and he's eating with the pigs. Hey buddy, what you you eating? Well, me too, me too. And he says, I can stay here and die, or I can choose life and go back to my father. He has to renew his mind because he's been told, my father's rejected me, my father hates me. Maybe I can go back and be a servant. I I don't know. He's got this speech planned. So he goes back. He starts walking to the edge of it. And it says, the father takes off running toward him. My son who once was lost is now found. And his mercies consume him. And he kisses him and he puts a ring on him. And he kills the fattest calf he got. He said, let's have a party. And his son could have said, no, no, I'm not not worthy of that. I can't. I'm just going to go back to the pigsty where I'm. He didn't give up. He just received the party. Let's look at another story and I'll finish with this passage. It's a story that we all know. Matthew 14 Verses 24 through 33. But now the boat, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Of God. Peter and the disciples are in a boat and they're rowing, living their life, doing their normal thing. They've gone across that, that uh, sea time and time again, time and time again, just rowing, get to the other side, Jesus to go to the other side, and bam, a storm comes. Oh my goodness. It says the winds were contrary. They didn't ask for the storm to show up, the world just showed up. And they're rowing and trying. Jesus told us to get to the other side, but man, the world's fighting against us. We're doing everything we can, but we just, come on, come on, we're going backwards now. No, go forward. Jesus told him to go to the other side, and he's just walking on the water in the same storm. Hey, guys. It said, if you read the scripture, it said he would have passed them if they wouldn't have said something. It's a ghost. He said, that's not a ghost, it's me. Hey, guys, it's just going to go see y'all. And Peter makes the decision right there. Do I stay in the boat that's sinking where I could die or do I choose life, step out in faith 
and go see Jesus who can save me. My life and my light. Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus, sure, come on. Come on out here. He had to renew his mind because the world told him, you can't walk on water. We know that. When I take a bath, I sink right there. Oh, oh okay, nope, can't do it. We'll try it again. If we go to a pool, I really can't swim that well, so I really just go straight to the bottom. I am, I am not that, that great of a swimmer. But the world told him, you can't walk on water. But he had to renew his mind and believe something different. Jesus said, come. All right, you're out on the water. Oh, boy. Oh, renewing my mind. Because that faith journey right there, oh, putting your full weight. Oh, that's a scary moment. But it says in the scriptures, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Which means the opposite has to be true. That with faith, we please our Father. Stepping out faith and believing Him over what the world is saying to us. And as He's walking, as He's walking on the water, think how excited Peter is. Think how high he is. Think how how excited he is. This is crazy. I can't believe this has happened. God, you're so good. And then he noticed that storm again. Oh my goodness. It's it's a hurricane out here. This This is not right. And when he takes his eyes off of him, He starts sinking. But Jesus, his mercies are new every morning, reaches out and grabs him. I'm right here, son. Come on, buddy. Don't, don't, don't stop believing. Keep believing in me. Keep believing that the word is more powerful than what the world is telling you. He gets him in the boat. Come on, man. Don't give up. It says they all fell down and they worshipped him. And if you keep reading the story, the next chapter, it says they walked off the boat and started ministry immediately. Peter could have said, well, I failed that. Whoa, Jesus, I really failed in front of the disciples, in front of you. I fell, I sank. I'm just not fit for this. I'm not fit to serve you. I'm not fit to do any of the things. So I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to go. But Peter didn't give up because they fell down and started worshiping him. And as soon as they got off the boat, Jesus said, it's time for ministry. The people who were sick, full of the devil, started coming up. And the disciples had to start doing ministry. Come on, come to Jesus. Come over here. Come on, we got to go. We got to go. He's still soaking wet. Still soaking wet from failing. Jesus says, don't give up. Let's go. Let's go. We got to do stuff. We got, there's stuff that we got to do. There's a calling that's, that has to be done. Don't stay in that place over and over and over again. I know what they did to you was wrong. They might not ever apologize, but today's a day of new beginning. Doesn't matter what's in the bank account. Doesn't matter what the job's paying you or not. God will meet your needs. God will save you. God will restore you. Today is the day of new beginnings. But it starts with you making a choice in your life. Choose life today. Renew your mind. Walk in his mercies. For the sake of your sanity, for the sake of this church and congregation, for the sake of this community, don't give up. Keep believing that God is going to show up, that God is on your side, that God loves you, that he paid a price for you, that he wants to see you succeed, that he wants to bring you out of the miry clay, that he wants to bring you to a place that you've never been before, from glory to glory to glory. Don't give up. Let's stand up today because today, today, 
is your day of new beginnings. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word that has gone forth today. It is good seed planted in our souls, Father. And we know that the world is contrary against us, and they're going to come today, tomorrow, this week, and they're going to try and take this word out of our soul. Right now, Father, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I say that this word is planted on good ground in our spirits. It will bear fruit, some 30, some 60, even 100-fold in our lives. Today is our day of new beginning. We can't change the outside world, but we can change our attitude, our mind, our heart, our soul, and we set it on you today, Father. We choose life. We choose life, Father. Help these people today as they're all going through difficulties in their life. They're going through things, some things that they've done themselves and some things that they just had no control over, that just bad things happen, Father, and they need your help. Help them today, Father. Help them overcome be their strong tower that they can run to, that they can hide under your wings, Father, that you can protect them, that you can be their Abba Father today. We can crawl in your lap because I need you today, Father. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. I thank you that their body is the temple of the Most High God. No sickness or disease can reside in their lives because by Jesus' stripes, our bodies are healed in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. That your word says they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now. And they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Because we are your sons and daughters, the favor of God surrounds us like a shield. And everything we put our hands to will prosper in the name of Jesus. And finally, Father, I thank you that I am in a room full of men and women who are not going to give up on their faith, who are not going to give up on God. They're going to keep believing. They're going to shine brighter than they've ever shined before. They've got a testimony that will overcome the devil and anything that comes against them. Father, use us this week to go out and share this gospel message with people. Let us encourage somebody today. Even though we're going through things in our life, use us, Father, to go out and speak the gospel message to somebody, either on social media, text message, phone conversation, meeting somebody in the grocery store, meeting somebody at work. Let us tell somebody that Jesus loves them. Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week and bring them back safely on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is your day of new beginning, amen? God bless you, we love you. We'll see y'all on Sunday. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.